When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nichol. Sorry, United fans, we're going to keep talking about it. <laughs> Liverpool 7-0 victory, of course, at Anfield yesterday. It really was one of the standout results from this season in the Premier League. Here's the back page of the Mirror on Monday. Sitting Ducks, United flogs are ordered. Stay here, shut up and listen to the cops celebrating. Celebrate. It was quite the result, wasn't it? Which, of course, for Liverpool gives them three points to keep them in the hunt very much for a Champions League place for Manchester United. Any sort of a talk of a quadruple now well and truly done. Uh, let's welcome in, shall we? John Hutchinson and Mario Malkiot uh, joins us. Uh, Don, let's reflect on that headline. If you were a Man United player, how would you react to being having to sit there and listen to Liverpool celebrate? You can't. I've been there myself, Dan. I'm pretty sure the guys have as well. It used to be back in our day that the manager would put the game on on the team coach on the way home. When you've been spanked seven, you'd have to watch the whole game again. And you've got to sit there in silence. And I think Ten Hag's probably done exactly the same thing when he made the players listen to the Liverpool fans chanting and singing and the goals going in. You can't do anything. You're embarrassed. Um, you're sitting there in silence. You dare to speak because you know the manager's going to rip your head off if you do. So you've literally got to take everything that's coming your way. Do not make eye contact with the manager. Right. Get your head down, look yes. at the floor. And unless he speaks to you, say nothing. Does That's that, a rule. Do those sort of tactics work? Listening to Liverpool fans, kind of, does, does it sink in? Is well, it, would, does it I, make a difference? Listen, I would suggest the headline's probably wrong, but I would, I would imagine that get in the changing room, you can hear the cop. Right. And the manager's going to be shouting and screaming and talking, and part of what he would be saying is, listen, here we go, listen to that. You did that. That's your fault. You're going to change it. That better not happen again. All of these things is... You know, the manager's going to be saying an awful lot of things in a short space of time, just through pure anger and embarrassment. And as I said, the most important thing is, yep. head down, yes. look, at the, look at the floor. Don't and talk back. Don't oh, talk back. No. Oof, no. No. No, unless, unless you're spoken to, that's your, that's your spot. I, I think this, this reaction from Ten Hag does a couple of things for Manchester United, who, who have been outstanding up to this point. And as, as was mentioned on the show yesterday, maybe some of them started to believe their, their own hype a little bit. But then having to listen to, to Liverpool fans celebrate in that manner kind of puts the magnitude of, of this game and the rivalry in, into better context. For Manchester United team that have not enjoyed a lot of time at, at, at the top end of the table before now, um, haven't kind of been able to, to even match Liverpool um, be, be before this season for, for, for quite some time. And just given the way that Manchester United down tools halfway through that game, you, it, it's, it's about so much more than the three points. It's about so much more than the scoreline. I think Ten Hag is saying to them, this is, this is the club you're, you're playing for. This is what it means. And un, unless you start to take this on board, all the good work we've done so far 
may, may be in vain. Let's pick up on that point, Mario. It was Manchester United's attitude, wasn't it, in the second half when everything was going against them that seems to have drawn the most criticism. Yeah, it's also normal, you know, when you're down in it, you know, like in the first half, then I said like, okay, we were in the game, but you could see already the way the game kicked off, the way Liverpool stepped into that game, it was just a different energy, they, they were waiting for that moment, like sometimes you play against teams, especially in England, and me coming into England, it was like I, the biggest surprise that I had was the, the desire and the will to win they had, some of the players, because in, in England it is just like that, even if you have faced someone that might not have the ability than some have, but one thing they have is the character. And I think Liverpool had more character than Man United had. Especially when you looked, and then the second half, of course, you mentioned that. But just certain things were just not right. And certain things, the things that are not right, that always should be right, is you should be ready for the biggest game in England. Because clearly, if you don't know about it, someone should have told you about it. And then the second thing comes, when the game kicks off, I'm telling you, Anfield, it's a great place to play. But it's a sad place to lose because they will make sure you know about it. And I think 7-0, guys, whew, that's, that's not football anymore. We call that uh, kind of ping pong. That's a great line. It's a great place to play, sad place to lose. Um, Bruno has been getting some stick, obviously, here yesterday and from yeah. other quarters as well about his attitude yeah. as the, well, the Titanic was sinking. What did you make of it? Justified? Every single piece of criticism he's had is absolutely justified. You know, you think of your captain. Your captain's supposed to be your leader. Your captain's supposed to be the guy you go to when things are not going well. And he could not have done the opposite if he had tried. I mean, he should have got sent off there. Right, he, the line. It's bad enough that you're five down, that your captain could have been sent off and leave it, not just a sinking ship. And then this, Stevie. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable for anybody, but even worse when it's your captain who's just thrown the towel in. I mean, how how can you how can you look at the rest of the players in the face, or as an experienced player and a captain? How can you not just after the game, but in the coming days, mm. try and talk to players and help players and and give them give them some words of encouragement? And I'm supposed to look at you, the guy that stopped, the guy who just threw the towel in, and you try to tell me what to do. No, that's not what a captain does. I, I thought Bruno's failures um, preceded even, even those incidents. I mean, we've said this time and time again, when things aren't going well, Bruno has a way of moaning, of, of just <laughs> acting the petulant kid. Um, that, that, I, I, I don't, that rubs neutrals entirely the wrong way, you're accepting of it if you're a Manchester United fan or Manchester United player, if things are going well. You take that as long as he continues to produce on the park. But in games like this, in moments like this, when you demand so much more of your captain, I, I, Bruno Fernandes was, was so far off from what was needed. And now while we're talking about a Manchester United team and getting back to who United used to be. And a, a, a totally unfair comparison, I, I admit, is Bruno Fernandes and Roy Keane, the man, captain of Manchester United when, when I was playing. And we remember those United teams. Um, and while this isn't that United, you want a captain who's a leader of men. And Bruno Fernandes, for 90 minutes, was anything but a leader of, of men. Regardless of the scoreline, regardless of, of anything else, 
You want your team to at least show some resilience, show some backbone. And the one player on the park who was the exact opposite of that was, was Bruno Fernandes. From the little push-off in the face that he goes on rising for, for his reactions when he doesn't get a penalty, that, that, that wasn't a penalty, but it doesn't, get, it doesn't go his way. All those things, I think, make United, or certainly on the day, made United so much worse than, than they are and have shown to be. Would you expect Bruno to address this over the week, Don? Oh, he has to. He has to hold his hands up. He has to. I mean, I'd be surprised if Ten Hag didn't... I mean, listen, I wouldn't say you'd strip the captaincy off him, but when you've got leaders like Casemiro and you've got Varane and you've got Lissandra Martinez, in my opinion, I think there's better captains. I think he... You know, I think Bruno is is, is a is a player that plays for himself. When you put him in the right position, i.e. a number 10, he's effective. Uh, when he gets shipped on the left-hand side, number to the right-hand side defensively, he doesn't work hard enough. Uh, and I think the, the worry, I think, you know, when, when I look back at who my captains were at Liverpool, it was Mark Wright and John Barnes. And I can't ever imagine Mark Wright or John Barnes or captains in Stevie's days being the one that down-tooled the most. That's the worry because Ten Hag will think for the greater good in the dressing room when he's got a crop of young players... These have got to be learning off Bruno Fernandes. So his attitude was appalling. It was childish. It was petulant. It wasn't becoming of a Man United captain. So he has to hold his hands up. He has to probably address, and it might not be in a forum where he sits everyone down and holds his hands up. He might have to do it individually. But I would imagine if he's got anything about him, he apologises to a lot of players, manager, staff included. Mario? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I totally understand what you guys are saying. I've watched the game, and everybody knows what happened. When you when you have a, a moment like this, it was five nil eh, when it happened. When you saw the young kid, you know, uh, Bjelić, he passed him, and it was like five nil down already. And when he passed him, he just walked behind him. And do you know that it was five nil, and Salah scored a couple of minutes after it made it six. So that feeling already as a player, and then just Stevie tapped into one and saying like, how can you um, listen to someone like that? And I went across it myself. I remember, never forget, when I was a captain at Wigan, I was injured. And I came back in the team, and the team just went out and beat, like, I think it was a Liverpool or a draw against Liverpool. For Wigan, it was a big achievement. I came back in that dressing room. I knew, in the back of my mind, I knew I had to perform and step up because if not, I will have a problem to be the captain of that team. I'm talking about Wigan. Wigan is not the size of Man United. So having that feeling, you have to understand that when things happen, they are looking for your reaction. So the next game that's coming up, he better be ready because if not, people are going to point the finger at him. Why? Because when he plays well, we all love him. You know, we love the things he does technically. He has that vision of passing, but we also have to jump on you when things don't go well. So that's why people are jumping on it because you want to see a reaction that he has to learn quickly. Because trust me, when I came to England, I had a captain like Dennis Wise and he wasn't cute when things don't go well. Believe me. Uh, now I have to apologise in advance for this next segment, Mario. Stitch up, some could say, but let's take a look, shall we, at our talent's worst results uh, over the years. And Mario takes <laughs> place not one, not two, but thrice of our top eight. Mario, you take a look at those defeats when you're at Wigan, against yeah. Chelsea, against Liverpool, against Spurs. <laughs> Obviously, we're looking at this just because... It's such a unique position that you can talk to us about what it's like in the dressing room after that and in the days, obviously, that result after the game as well. Of course. It's, it's no problem. <laughs> 
they were sad. <laughs> like how, how do you get over it? How long does it take? What's your initial reaction after it's happened? Okay, when I was at Birmingham, I was like a vice captain kind of at Birmingham, but I promised myself that I would never relegate, you understand, again in my career, because that is the, the saddest moment ever. I remember coming to LA at that time, and I just went like, I mean, I felt like a cold turkey moment that I just had to release everything and just come back stronger and better. Come down to Wigan, that happened, that was actually, we were in a spell that we couldn't win games. So I know what Potter was going through, you know, when you lose, 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 we had that moment mm. and then we had a new coach coming in, see Bruce and then, but the key thing, I think when you lose big, I did, I don't go outside, I stay home. I don't want to meet anybody because every fan you're going to meet is going to make a comment. Trust me, it's either going to be a comment of saying like, what happened? That you have to explain mm. yourself or they're going to be laughing at you. And those are the two things we as footballer hurt us the most. If someone's taking the, you know, the, the joking around with you and it's not funny at all because it hurts you so bad. What's it like at training, Mario? At training, you gotta like you, you gotta pick the guys up, you know, the confidence is really low. And we had that, you know, and the manager sometimes, like, I remember standing near the touchline and Steve Bruce called me. He said, get us uh, get us playing. Get us playing, meaning that I was a right back, but I had to pick the ball up and take a lot of risk. But the thing is that he looked at the mental strength of the individual, and that's the same what Man Union goes through. If you look at the, the, the mental strength of the individual and seeing if they are capable to do things in that moment when it really matters because the heat is on. And I think that's what I went through. It hurt me, you know, even talking uh, about it, going back to the moments when it happened. Wow, it was a tough one. But it was also a tough one, one. You're a foreign kid coming into a, a country where you want to succeed. And then you're among players that, believe me, there's a lot more people that want to be captain of Man United huh? or in, in Wigan too. So having that feeling, you have to make sure that you always perform. So the feeling was like that. Stay home, work harder and get yourself going and bring the confidence back in the team. Because we had one objective and it was my objective. The owner told me when I signed, he said, make sure Wigan stays in the Premier League. And that was my only, only focus on. Uh, if we take a look at that graphic again, we go down to West Ham. Yeah. 7-0, 7-1. 7-1. You the, and Don played in this game together. The game before that, we lost 5-0. Oh, hold on a second. Right. Played is probably not the right one. Right, right, yes. The, the game before that, we lost 5-0 at Everton. We stayed, we stayed up in the Northwest. Wow. Blackburn and Everton. Considered 12 goals in, in two games. How many of the seven were your fault? No, none. None? I, I blamed Don for four. <laughs> <laughs> Don, what are your recollections of the feeling afterwards? Well, the feeling during the game, I remember having a worldie and Shaq letting in seven. That's what happened <laughs> in that game. <laughs> no, it was awful. Hey, good Damn. teammate, though. Good teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was that awful. Feeling, Jack. Yeah. No, it was awful because I was watching the Liverpool goals going in and they, they scored three, I think it was, in seven minutes. And when you're in the moment, I've, I've, I was working with people yesterday and people were saying, oh, yeah, but you know, Man United should have shut up, shut up shop and you should take a four and take a... When you're in it, Dan, you've got no idea what's happening. It's an absolute whirlwind. It feels like the goals are going in every five minutes and you're thinking, get me off the pitch. The days after are awful. Like, you've got... Mm. It depends on your manager. You've got two school of thoughts, really. You can either come in the next day, the manager, if he was a tough one like Ten Hag, and he might just run the legs off you to give you a serious punishment or the manager might give you sort of a dressing down like your dad would and just say, I don't want to see you for two days. You've disgusted me that much. 
I right. don't even want to see you tomorrow. And that hurts. That can, that can cut just as deep. So it depends on, on how the manager approaches it, really. But either way, Stevie's bang on. You get your head down, you don't speak, and then you've just got to wait for the days to go by because there's always a game around the corner. And listen, it's Man United-Southampton next. They could do Southampton 7. Uh, you seem very calm and collected, Shaq. Like, not too high when it's great, not too low when it's yeah. bad. Like, are you, like, after a seven, does it affect you? Well, well I, I, I'll be honest. After that seven, I, I wasn't that bothered. Uh, the, reason, the, the reason being, so Glenn Roder, may he rest in peace, was, was the manager. Yeah. First day of preseason, he called me into, into his office that 2001-2002 season and said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm about to sign David James. And in all honesty, I don't expect you to play this season. Um, David James then gets injured playing for England right before the season starts. And all of a sudden now he, I'm, I'm Glenn Roder's best friend. Right. But he's already told me I'm not in his plans. Yeah. You'll be gone at the end. Trust is gone. My, my contract was up at the end of the season. It's like I, I, he even threw in that uh, David James doesn't get injured, which he, he never did, playing for Liverpool. Yeah. I do expect you to play this season. Right. Um, so I, I mentally, mentally on the, clearly, first, clearly. On the first day of preseason, I, I just, I was switched off. I, I was not playing for the manager at all. Right. So the, the results didn't bother me in, in, in the slightest at all. Um, but uh, I, 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 listen, all, all pros know you take the highs and lows on an even a keel as you possibly can. Because while you enjoy the highs, the weather's the bus ride home after a good uh, win. It's easier said than done, surely. It's, it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done. But this, we know how quickly things can turn. You know how quickly you can go from being on that high from, and, and then all the, the, the game kind of punching you in, in, in the chin. And, and, and so you, you know that that next embarrassment or that next success is, is just around the corner. It, it, it does make a difference how it happens, though. Right. Because you look at my two. You also Sheffield Wednesday. Seven, both with Sheffield Wednesday. 7-2 against Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. And 6-1 against Man United. But those were easy for us to get rid of because the Blackburn one, I think it was 5-0 at half-time. And as Don was saying, when that's going on, it's... It, 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 I mean, you're almost blindfolded. Everything's just happening. You can't do anything to stop it, and you don't know what to do. And it's like, and then all of a sudden, it's half time, and you're sat in the dressing room thinking. Mm. But the fact that it was 5 0 in the first half, we then go out and we lose 7 2, but you've kind of got your self esteem back. It's not quite as embarrassing because, you know, we've. It's one of those first halves, but the second half, we've got a couple of goals. Yes, they get two, but it doesn't feel as bad. Okay. And the same with the Man United. The Man United one, I actually was on the bench. I came on at half-time. We were 4-0 down Lovely. at half-time. Right. And I'm walking off, and Fergie's beside me. We're walking to the dressing rooms. I thumped him, and I said, how are you 4-0 up? Because we had outplayed them <laughs> for about half an hour, but the goalkeeper had thrown a couple in. Right. And Play him in the goalie again. <laughs> oh, no. Please go and watch his goal. <laughs> and for Kevin Pressman, I'm oh, very sorry. Oh, your friend. But he's like, whoa, well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the second half, we were competitive. Right. So there's, there's, it just doesn't feel as bad. Okay. It's a, the circumstances surrounding it does make a difference. And this one for United couldn't be worse. Right. Because of the fact 
that it looks like they've downed tools. Mm -hmm. If we can just take, I know this is difficult, if we take circumstances out of it, say both of these games were like an FA Cup final, which would feel better for you, Don? The win that we saw for Liverpool at the weekend or the win that we saw for Arsenal? Ah, it's a hell of a question um, because the Arsenal win in the last kick of the game, that can gather momentum for days, weeks. Um, it can carry them through a lot of games. So I understand that and I've been in that scenario. The flip side is it'll kill Bournemouth for a while. They, they might not react. But I think, I think Liverpool's win, because I think quietly, you know, no one's really talking about the form that Liverpool have been in. So that's five clean sheets in the Premier League and you've just spanked your arch rival seven and I think, I think the thing as well, Dan, if there was another 10, 15 minutes left on the clock, I'm pretty sure Liverpool would have scored 10. So when Man City beat them six and Man City toyed with them and Man City and Pep took loads of players off and they, I think it was 6-3 in the end and they kept hold of the ball, but they, they sort of, they dropped by a yard or two. Liverpool were ruthless yesterday and they were 1-0 up at half time, but then scored six in the second half. And as I said, if there was 15 minutes left, it would have been 10 because Liverpool were just at it yesterday. They wanted to punish them and they had them in a headlock and they were just never, ever getting out. Uh, Mario, let's talk about Mo Salah, shall we? This is arguably his best game of the season. Where's this performance been? Yeah, you know, you know. Look, Mo, Mo is, is is an interesting guy because we talked about him in the beginning, and we said like, oh, what's happening? You know, we were waiting for goals, but come on, guys, look at the way he smashes this goal in. Eh? It says enough because his team is already up. He doesn't have to be that ruthless. But the thing, what Dan just highlighted, that's exactly what goes through his mind. The only thing he, okay, he said it after the game. I knew the record. I knew I had to break it. I knew I had to score two times to go ahead of it. And then, you know, like, okay, because it's not a, a small name to a fowler behind you. But away from that, it's just like, he, 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 I don't think Mo Salah is playing like we know Mo Salah. But one thing he does, he score goals. And that's exactly what they need. Because even if your team is not performing well, you need someone that scores goals. And <laughs> we're sitting here, we know how many teams are struggling to score at least one goal. But he makes sure that even if things go bad, he, he turns up. We'll talk about Chelsea later, Mario, don't worry. Uh, looking at it, Stevie, from, Salah, <laughs> from Salah's point of view, big games coming up now for, for Liverpool. Tricky ties as well, not easy on paper, obviously. You want to keep this momentum going from that 7-0 win. Can Salah keep this consistency going? Because you need him to be at that level, don't you? I don't... I honestly don't... I mean, I'm taking your question as... Is this, going to, is this going to give him a boost, basically, between now and the end of the season, yeah. where consciously he's going to do something, he's going to score? I don't think his, his brain doesn't change. And I don't think his brain has changed from the start of the season. Because he is what he is. You know, one minute he'll stand on it. I mean, every time he gets it, I'm not quite sure he's going to keep it. Right. You know, when a ball... You know, when, when, when the ball's coming to him, I'm like, wow, this, this could either end up in the back of the net or he could give it away. And I don't think he's changed since he went to Liverpool. And I don't think he'll change between now and the end of the season. He, he, will, he will do what he does and hopefully he's, his opportunities, when they come along, he puts them away the way he did yesterday. And hopefully it's not what's been happening for, for the most of the season. Because the way Liverpool have been playing, he's had less chances, which means he's scored less goals. Which then points the finger at him to say, where's Mo Salah now? But he's a guy who's going to thrive 
on what's going on behind them. And it's another example of how important the middle of the park is. When the middle of the park dominates for Liverpool, then we, Mo Salah gets more of the ball, more opportunities and more goals. And if you needed any proof of that, just look at yesterday's game. To, to that point, I, I don't think, Steve is right, I don't think Mo Salah changes at all. I don't think he has changed. Um, I, I, whereas you could, you, you could make an argument that this Liverpool team had this performance in them, what we didn't see is the first half of the, half of the season from, from Liverpool. I think that was more, more the anomaly. And while Mo Salah hasn't changed, I think the greatest impact is felt by Darwin Nunez and Gagpo. Now, while you could question their contributions, whether they settled in, whatever you make of, of their time, uh, and, and Gagpo in particular, the, that performance, that result, endears you to the Liverpool faithful like, like nothing else. So never mind what happened before, never mind how poor you've been, you start afresh, not just afresh, you start on an absolute high. And if those two continue in this kind of form, with that kind of confidence, complementing Mo Salah, then all of a sudden you have a Liverpool front three again that we'd come to know over, over previous seasons. If those two continue, um, I think Liverpool, and Mo Salah included, are in a very, very good place. Top four, Mario? Top four, oh, they have definitely, I mean, like, if they open the door to themselves, um, to definitely uh, get close to that. The only thing, what, what Saka has said, that things haven't changed. But one thing, Saka, I want to ask you, because I don't think Salah takes on people anymore as much as he used to do. When he was, when he's close to the box, he takes you on. But when he's in like a 40 yard, he used to run away from you and you could not catch him. And nowadays, I think he's more leading towards the 60-yard box and doing there his things instead of when he was away from it because he had two pace players like Amani and and and, uh, and Asala. I think they were, uh, you know, attacking people more. And I think they do that a little bit less. But now, of course, the other new boys came in. But um, how do you feel about Because I, I, I don't feel like Salah is doing that anymore. He doesn't take people on that far anymore, regardless if he keeps scoring. Uh, of course, Champions League is back this week. We have to wait until next week, though, for that return leg at the Santiago Bernabeu between Real Madrid and Liverpool. Of course, Real Madrid with that 5-2 win at Anfield, very much in the ascendancy. You know what I'm going to ask you, Don? Go for it. After what we saw this weekend, percentages? <laughs> Percentage of Liverpool winning there? 10%. Wow! 10% high, Don. Well... Well, all right. All right, five. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me again, four. Mm. Ask me again um, in ten minutes time, three. Does this change anything? No. I don't Do think it think does. So? I, mean, it, I don't think so. I, I don't have the lads agree. And I, I don't think it changes anything because you're still playing Real Madrid. Um, it, it, it changes... Listen, it changes the confidence, it changes the mood. And I was watching the, the Liverpool TV the last four or five days. And what my takeaway from the Wolves game is I saw a lot of people smiling again on the training ground. And I saw a lot of smiles from Darwin Nunez and Andy Robertson and Trent. So the, the, the mood's changing in a positive way. You beat someone seven, it can give you that initial you know, boost and confidence and energy. Uh, the fans are certainly believing again. Then all of a sudden it's Real Madrid and the Bernabeu. That's, that's another level. Uh, just a reminder, plenty more reflection on what we saw this weekend between Liverpool and Manchester United on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to go over to ESPN FC and subscribe.
Well, Manchester United, of course, still in the FA Cup. They take on Fulham next uh, Sunday. That's March 19th. Meanwhile, it's Brighton, Grimsley, Sheffield United, Blackburn. Well, that music's quite loud. Uh, Manchester City take on Burnley uh, the day before. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Bad news for PSG and Neymar. The Brazilian is out uh, for the rest of the season, having to have an operation on that injury that he picked up earlier in February. Take a look at all competitions since 2017-18 at PSG. He's played 173 games. He's missed. He will miss including the ones until the end of this campaign, at least 146 matches. Mario Don with us. Julian Laron joins us. Oh, Jill, this is a bad day for you because I just heard that you didn't win Podcast of the Year as well. <laughs> That's right, we didn't win it. But it, I, I guess it was good to still be nominated. You know, but no, we, don't give us that rubbish. <laughs> don't give us that, Jules. It's true. What percentage of the acceptance speech would you be allowed to give? I don't know. I don't know because I, did, I didn't go. Uh, oh, that's why I'm go. on the show. But, but Gab said to me, "Don't worry. If we win, we I'll say a word for you." I said, I think "That's really yeah. kind of you. Thank you." Yes. Yeah. Merci. That'd be the words. Right. Let's talk about Neymar's injury, Jules. How big a blow is this, really? It is a it is a big blow. We've explained on the show before that there's some games where that front three of Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe could not play together, would not play well together. However, there are other games where you could play them three, especially against low block, lesser teams maybe, where Neymar's technical ability and when he's on it, he's one of the best players in the world, would be very useful for a team like PSG, even with Messi and Mbappe already in the team. For some other games, yeah, of course, in terms of balance of the team, it's probably better to play with a back three and only Messi and Mbappe up front, like it would be the case on Wednesday in Munich, for example. But some other games, and through the rest of the season, Neymar would have still been very useful for that team. Let's not forget that before the World Cup, he was playing really well and he, was, he, he put up good numbers in terms of goals and assists. So it is a blow, of course. Even if for a game like the one in, in Munich against Bayern on Wednesday, I still think this team is better 
without him, certainly without him not starting, but even from the bench, he could have been useful at times. So of course it's a blow. And those, those numbers, Jules, are not that impressive with regards to how many games he's missed. That's got to be, that must irk the PSG fan base. Massively, Dan, and it was the case the first season, and the second season, and the third season, and the fourth season, etc., etc., because this is not the first time he has a big injury that makes him miss the second half of the season. It was the case, well, at least two of, two of the seasons since, so, so two of the six seasons, really, not that's three in six, really, where this is happening since he moved to PSG in the summer 2017. It's too many games missed. I mean, we've said it before. The, the running joke is that at least he can make it back to Brazil for his sister's birthday. Okay, this is funny the first time, and then maybe the second, it's not funny anymore. This is not, even for him, it's sad. It's a sad day for him because he, mm. this is not what he, what he wants, of course. But those bad injuries, those big injuries in January, in February, keep coming all the time. And if you add the one at the World Cup, for example, that was already a blow back then, even if he ended up playing again a little bit after the, after the injury. It's still not ideal. I don't know how you sort it. Is it because it's this injury? And PSG seem to think that they're saying he needs surgery on this ankle to avoid having setbacks even more time again now. So they seem to think that unless you get the surgery on his ligament ankle, then inevitably he would get more injuries like this that would keep him out for a long time. So maybe there's some, some, some problem there. But overall, it's just not enough. You can't... It's not even about his wages, but still, you can't pay him that much for him to play half a season. You can't be relying on him for such a big club in big games when he only plays half of the season. This is not how it works. Has he played his last game for PSG, Jules? Mm, his contract is until 2027, so I, I doubt no, it. Heck. And again, like... What? Yeah. We know that they tried to sell him last summer could not find a club. We know that very recently, Nasser Al-Khalaifi and Todd Burley had a meeting. They, they went together for lunch in Paris where they discussed the possibility on, maybe of Neymar moving from PSG to Chelsea. So, <laughs> but who would take him now? Who would take how him much in does, the how, how much does he make a year, Jules, at PSG? 35 million net. Anyone <laughs> 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 paying that? <laughs> Chelsea. He could go on Jules and he could go on Gavin Jules podcast. He could do. He could probably the judges. Definitely, definitely win podcast of the year. That I, I think so. Most definitely. The trio. Wow. Let's take a look then, shall we, at uh, the predictions looking ahead to that tie on Wednesday. And there is only one man who is going for a PSG. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> and that would be Julian Laurent. Go on, Jules. I will be there, so will Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi, and anything well, is possible when Mbappe is in you're the You're not playing, Jules. Now, so, so <laughs> lucky. I, I, will, I will kind of be, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to believe, you know, that you have to believe. You don't have to, Jules. Yeah, but, <laughs> you don't have to. No, but he wants to. Uh, uh, that's all right. Uh, uh, just a reminder, ESPN FC, of course, with you throughout the week. We'll be looking ahead in more detail to that game on the next edition of the show. Uh, plus, of course, on the next one, we're reflecting on Chelsea against Dortmund.
So Graham Potter speaking ahead of that clash against Dortmund. He was asked about Kai Havertz. He said, I think we have to attack better as a team and that's my responsibility. It's too easy to zoom into individuals and blame them. It's a collective. We have to create more, do better. And that starts with me helping the team get better chances, more chances, because then I don't doubt the quality of the players. Graham Potter inevitably standing up, defending his players, Mario, as you would expect a manager to do. But as much criticism as he's received, it's not his fault that Kai Havertz can't score one-on-one -on -one against Leeds at the weekend, is it? Oh, no, no, that comes down to the individual. But away from that, you know, like he is putting him everything as, as a striker. Every time he's starting him as a striker, um, I've been saying it for, for weeks now, that Kai Havertz, his ability is playing around the striker. And then sometimes you can, in the occasion, you have the surprise moment. Like you play someone as a striker and then you can move around it. Okay, I've scored incredible goals with Chelsea because they have made them win certain trophies. But away from that now, it's almost like his confidence is being chipped because now we're looking at, okay, actually how we're looking at a striker. What does a striker need to do in your team? He needs to get you double digits. And if he doesn't get you that, you're going to point a finger at him. And that's why he's getting those pointing fingers at him at the moment. Uh, Stevie, you were ranting and raving about Chelsea. You watched that game obviously at the weekend. Yeah. I actually felt sorry for them. I was hoping they would score a goal in open play. But, you know, I think Potter's saying the right things. But absolutely, it's down to the individuals. You know, the amount of times that they have the ball, and particularly in the, the opposition's final third, and don't create anything. I mean, seriously, with the, with the names that they have in the back of their jersey, with the talent. So, no, it's, it's time that the individual stepped up. Right. He can only do so much and they haven't stepped up. And Havertz reminds me of a, I think he's unfortunate. You know, I think a, I think a Bobby Firmino at Liverpool who, who didn't have the pressure on him to score, sure. but he always scored around 10, 12 goals. Yeah. But if it had been the opposite way around where the pressure was on him, we might not have seen the same player. He was lucky he had two guys wide that were, that were on fire. Whereas Havertz right now, every time he steps on the field, it looks like he's got the, He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders when he gets an opportunity. Uh, let's take that, a look. That, hold on. That was a very good save, Messley. Blaming Havertz. That was a good save. Well, Give the goalie some love. He shouldn't have the opportunity to save it. It was a great save. He shouldn't have the opportunity it to was save a, it. It was a great save. Stevie, don't, don't. It was a great save. Don't, don't get involved. It didn't, uh, just hit, it didn't just hit the goalie. It was a good save. Uh, let's take a look then at the predictions. Give the goalie some love. Ahead to that clash. Remember, Borussia Dortmund 1-0 up. Uh, going into that tie on Tuesday at Stamford Bridge. Everyone is going for a Chelsea victory with the exception of Shaka. Um, I've got Dortmund to go through on penalties in the end. Uh, Mario and Stevie have got Chelsea to go through on penalties. Don and Julian think they can do it in regular time. Uh, Don, what makes you think Chelsea can score two goals? Well, you look at the numbers and it probably suggests that I'm wrong, but I look at the performance when they played Dortmund, they could have scored six and they absolutely battered them. Um, granted, there's a, there's a lack of confidence in front of goal, but I think the atmosphere might see them through. I think it's one of them where I think I look at João Felix, he was incredible at the weekend, really unlucky that he's wrapped the crossbar. It's, it's a bit of a, you know, a sub story when we keep saying, well, they're unlucky, goalkeeper played well, they missed chances. But like Liverpool, at some point, Dan, I, I watch Chelsea, and even though they're shot shy, I still get the impression they're going to give someone a real doing. Now, it might not be Dortmund where they beat them four or five, but they're going to give someone a big beating. So that's why, again, on top of the de 
the Dortmund performance away from home when they scored a court five or six, I think they'll beat them too and I think they'll go through comfortably. Jules, do you think Chelsea as well? I think at some point it will, it will click. I think they will be a bit more clinical at some point. I still think that they have issues, of course. Even defensively, with the ball, in terms of structure of that team, it's still far from perfect. But surely they've got too much talent on the pitch and on the bench as well, by the way, for at some point getting it right. And, and yeah, I think, it, I think it could be tomorrow they will have the crowd with them. That win against Leeds, psychologically, it's a huge relief. They didn't play great for the whole game and they were under pressure towards the end. But psychologically, in terms of relief and just a bit of momentum, a bit of positivity, really, I think this is big. And, and to be back at Stamford Bridge, again, second home game in a row, even in a different competition, for a game so important as this one, I, th I think, yeah, would play in the favour. Uh, Mario, you'll have no fingernails left if it does indeed, as you suggest, go to penalties. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I also, because I know this moment, you understand well, what Chelsea is in now. Uh, I mean, being there, we had so many times you had moments. But one of the key things is as well is um, I hope, you know, the foreigners also know that because that stadium at the bridge, when this moment happens, it's like one of the greatest moments to, to, to be in, but also one of the most testing moments because they go quiet. They make a lot of noise to get you going, but then they go quiet if you don't perform. But if they can get their fans to keep going, the stadium is a great one to be in. And uh, look, Dortmund is a team. They keep on winning. So they're not playing against a team that is not used to not having the ball. They don't mind if you have the ball. And they don't mind if you are leading uh, the rhythm of the game. So I hope they don't get disappointed in the sense of like, don't pass too much. Because sometimes I watch Chelsea, I see the tick, 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 tick. And they never go to the end product. I hope they will finish things off. Because then it will be a really uh, enjoyable game for them. And Dortmund, yeah, you're clearly playing against a, a team in form. Shaka, just me and you going for Dortmund. What a moment for you. A, a little bit worrying because me and you went for Manchester United against Liverpool. We only two and that, that kind of scared me. <laughs> um, but listen, Dortmund is the team of the year. Dortmund just, just keep winning. Dortmund do not know how to lose or even draw a, a football game. Um, with a goal lead, Chelsea will have to come out a little bit. And knowing how shot shy, I think, as you, as you would, that, that, that Don used, Chelsea have been... I just worry that, that they leave themselves a little bit exposed, that they start pressing forward a little bit too much and, and don't make, make the most of it. I, I just feel this is a game now Chelsea, though at home, end up playing into Dortmund's hands a little bit. Uh, just uh, before we let you go, Mario, obviously you live in Los Angeles, so much to do of a weekend, but this is how you chose to spend what your Saturday night, have we got the picture there? There we go, playing Chelsea Monopoly with, with what, some sort of dips. <laughs> Uh, you know why? You know why, then? You know why? Because when you enjoy, when you have to also make sure that you keep enjoying life. It doesn't matter what you do. But, but clearly, and he lost playing Monopoly, so I got to play the game with him. Allow me to do that. Uh, who is Mayfair and Park Lane, then? And where are you what on Kent Road? What are you, Mario? Hey, man, listen, listen. Look, when I play Monopoly, I'm so sorry. It doesn't matter who I'm playing. I'm beating you. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you the top hat what what is your uh, your go-to um playing figure but my, my my you know what you know what i like to do you can have all the streets right but i end up making a deal with you so we end up negotiating and then i buy the street of you and eventually always get certain colors like the green one the red one the blue one those are the ones that you pay me the most <laughs>
Mario's really into Monopoly. <laughs> oh, he's in it. <laughs> Mario broke his whole strategy. Mario's the only oh, person I know who's ever completed a game Chaka, of Monopoly. When I see you, my brother, we will sit at it and we have a go together. Don't worry about it. Um, you are welcome yeah. anytime. Yeah. Okay. Take it to the next carnival, Shaka. You can all sit um, Yeah, okay, Mario. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure, have, have you got any West Ham Monopoly, Tom? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm launching that. I'm launching it and I'm putting the footy on. Well, there we go. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Thanks to Jules. Uh, just a reminder, the latest edition of the Gavin Jules podcast is available to listen to now. Be sure to check it out. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. La Liga Saturday night action, just about anything can happen as Atletico Madrid take on Sevilla. Well, tribute is paid to Diego Simeone, 613 games. Memphis Depay opens the scoring. Griezmann fancies this. He fancies oh, this oh, from oh, distance oh. and he does that. Oh, oh come on now. Six goals for Atleti on Simeone's special day. The perfect pass and the Rafinha finishes it off for the Blaugrana. And Ferran Torres, oh he's missed it. It's a red card, the denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Fran Perez goes down. I believe this is the penalty. Benzema takes it quickly, takes a deflection, but he's going to claim it. Hits him on the arm and then goes into the top corner. Stays 0-0. Another flat performance from Real Madrid. I think La Liga is over if they continue playing like that. All is not well at the moment at Real Madrid. Uh, below zero, uh, says the front page of AS. Uh, meanwhile, Sport quite simply says adios Madrid, which means, Stevie? And Barca's got the title. Oh, goodbye, Madrid. It's what I was expecting you to oh, well, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the message Elsewhere in La Liga <laughs> on Monday, it finished Osasuna nil, Celta Vigo nil. Uh, Celta Vigo then putting themselves three points above the drop zone. La Liga continues then this weekend. On Saturday, Real Madrid play host to struggling Espanyol. That's the early game at 8 a.m. Eastern. The late one on Sunday at the new San Mamés Athletic Club take on Barcelona. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned, though. Extra time is next. Don back with us, Shaka and Stevie as well, to answer your tweet. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you as always for your questions. Shaka and Stevie here with us in the studio. Don, your internet hasn't dropped out today. What a moment for I us all. I know. I know. I'm on the iPhone. I've sucked the laptop off, so I'm trying the uh, trying the iPhone. So touch wood. Looks good. Didn't you buy the laptop just for this, though? Yeah, because I just thought, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm done. Right, you've got to understand, me and Stevie, right, a class me and Stevie. Hold on, what's he got to do with me? Stevie, tech is not your friend. Don't lie, Stevie. Tech is not your friend. You're the same as me. I beg you. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I bought it, Dan. I, I bought it because in my clueless world, I thought if I get a brand new laptop, yes. then it must be good. It must have a good camera because it's new. Yeah. It must yeah. have a good battery. It must have a good memory thing, whatever they have. Right. It must be good. How much did you pay for the laptop, Don? How much did it cost? Uh, How much did it 1500, cost? 1,500 quid. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, oh. It's serving a purpose. Look, it's serving oh, yeah. a purpose. What's it, <laughs> what, 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 what's it what's doing? That? Why is it on? What's that? What's Why, it doing? Because I've got a light on. Because I've got the light on. <laughs> so it's hey. keeping the light on. Oh, nice. Just plug it, plug it in. Oh, it's when the light is plugged into the computer. Yeah, it has to be. Ah, oh, well, yeah. Uh, there we go. Um, it has been quite the, uh, the eventful time in the Nickel household as well. Uh, Haggis has had an operation. Obviously, he has to wear the, the cone of shame. Oh. Fortunately, Ooh. Stevie's been trying it out. What was the reason for it? Well, what's the reason? Well, because because of the because of the the what do you call it? I don't know. Anyway, so he's got that right shaped thing <laughs> round his head. Yes. But he's got a rash under his chin because of it. Okay. So we got that one because if you can notice the green thing in the inside, it's softer. Right. So I was trying it out to see how soft it was. Right. And to see whether it would whether the water would like soak into it. So in other so that's words, that's why I did that. Your, your, what? what? Well, the dog's still got to drink, right? Right. So the reason he's got a rash is because he's been wet for four days and you can't, it's really hard to dry. I see. So, so the reason I tried so that... So did Eleanor throw some water at you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. 
No, I just, I just tried it. Right. See. And, and, and it's a good job I did, because right. it's going back, it's getting sent back. Oh, no. So, see, ah, what's it? There we go. So you're the crash Imagine test him with a laptop. The <laughs> Imagine him with a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to IT talk. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> Eleanor, just put it on me and let's see if it's rubbing my chin. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. Bring the dog board. What are my ideas? Just let's try this out. Stick it on and see, see how it goes. Right. Bring, bring the dog board for me, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> bring some water, Steve. Put some put some beer in the, in the dog board. Let me try this out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Stevie, if you manage Manchester United, what's the message to the team at training this morning? Shaka and Don, what's the locker room like the day after a big loss to a rival? Ooh. That's a tough one. I always... Again, it... De well, I think... I think it's head down and get your work done. And do it properly. From a coach's like, perspective? Yes. Yeah, you're, you're going hardcore. I'm straight. going hardcore. I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for trouble. But you better not do anything stupid. Would right. you run them, you know Stevie? I mean? Would you run them? No, no. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think running them's the key. The key is making them work hard. Yeah. But whatever they do, they better do it properly. And if anybody slacks or plays a, a lazy pass or an awkward pass, then you pounce on them straight away. At what stage as a player can you start relaxing and enjoying the training session? It depends if, on the manager. Right. You know, if, if So he, if you're at Liverpool, for example, and you lost, you come in, everything's serious. Yep. Like, how far into the session, if indeed there is a time, where things kind of get a little more relaxed? Next game. Oh, so for the whole week? Yeah. No, it, 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 it slackens off as the week goes on. Right. Yeah, the first day is always the best one to get out the road. Okay. But, again, it depends on... It dep completely depends on the manager. Right. The way he speaks and the tone of what he says. And if he gives you any sort of inclination of... Soften up a little, right, or a little joke, or a I little see. quip, or something. Yeah. Then that's right. Shh. I see. It's almost like like when you have an argument with the wife. Yes. Which happens, and then you yeah. kind of gauge the temperature of the room. Yes. And exactly. slowly but surely, you kind the of one work in charge out. is yes. the one that changes. It yep. changes the tone. Yes, exactly. A little joke or a little something. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All I feel right. like there's something deeper you want to get out here, Dan. No, no, not at all. But we've all been in a situation where there has been a discussion in the house and you can feel the temperature is quite high and then slowly but surely it uh, yeah, goes there's down. Always, there's always just one person in charge of that though, isn't there? Well, yes, exactly, and it's definitely not me. Uh, Don, uh, when you were captain and these sort of situations would arise, how would you deal with it? See, when I was, when I was captain of Everton, um, before Walter Smith came in, we had Howard Kendall. And Howard Kendall's mantra was, on a Saturday when you did get a spanking, do not bring that mopey face into a training ground on a Monday. I want jolly, I want happy. It's oh. not easy. It's not easy, don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's always something that happens in a, in a, on a training ground that lightens the mood. And you never know what it's going to be. It might be someone falling over. 
it might be from the coaching staff anything really hilariously funny might happen but you you have got to gauge it down like you said you can't just burst out laughing and the manager's fuming where when Walter took over the opposite Walter was very much at the Sir Alex Ferguson you know right. school of managing him and Archie Knox were two Stevie knows Archie Knox well they probably knows both of them they were two hard hard men and you would wait and if you got beat on a Saturday in our day it was Sunday off you'd be quiet on a Monday you'd be quiet-ish on a Tuesday Wednesday off and then Thursday back to normal you've got to prep for the next game on a Thursday right it, it, it's it's this is a diff- this is a different one. This seven 0 at Anfield is a completely different ball game. Okay. You know, because as a coach, I was like, what Don was saying. I don't want people coming in on Monday if we got beat. I don't want you coming in with your head between your legs. I want we, we need to move on. Right. We need to put it aside. But because the manner of this, but the manner of it and who it was against and where it was mm. is a different animal. Right. To, to just most normal situations. Uh, for all, following Bruno Fernandes' questionable leadership against Liverpool, who is the worst captain you played under and who's the best? Let's just stick with the best, shall we? Because I don't think any of you are going to say, say the worst. Uh, best captain, Don, apart from yourself? Uh, I'd, probably say, I'd probably say Mark Wright at Liverpool or John Barnes. Oh, really? Yeah, Wright, he was, you know, Wright, he was a, not a perfectionist, but he was, he was, a, he was, a, he was a proper leader. You know, no messing around. Good stature. Like you, if you if you if you had a little bit of verbals with him, you couldn't fight him because he was too hard. So he put you in your place. Barnes, he was Barnes. You was just fighting with people. Every every no, story because you the have, training ground fighting like with people. Ah, Dan, Dan, you've got to understand that's the way the dynamics are on a training ground. If you've got Shaka's any... not fighting with people. Stevie's not fighting. Yeah, but Shaka's not even bothered when we're losing seven 0 He's not even bothered. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. <laughs> We've done 12 goals in two games, Everton and Blackburn. Shaq is not bothered. Well, Glenn Roder said he didn't, he's out. He didn't care. <laughs> Still be bothered, though, Shaq. Nope. <laughs> 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 uh, no. Well, there we go. No. Best captain, Steve? Four. Hansen, Hansen and Sunas were the two best captains I've ever had. Yeah. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to probably say Sunas because. When I was, I mean, what was I, in 83, I was, what, 22? And we're playing Roma in the Champions League final in Roma. Yeah. In Rome, sorry. And we're walking around the field before the game. And because all the Rome fans have been in there for about three years. And they're just going mental. Flares. And obviously there's more of them. There's more noise. Yes. And so we walk out and we go around and we're clapping our fans and we kind of, we get to the halfway line. And Sunas turns around and goes, why don't we go up there end and wind them up? <laughs> I was like, ah, tell you what, I'm following this guy. <laughs> so we all walked up to their end and started giving it all that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all going ballistic. <laughs> we all went absolutely mental. It was fantastic. Wow. It was brilliant. Uh, what about you, Shaq? Best captain? I, I, I enjoyed playing under Steve Lomas at West Ham. Yeah. He, he was good. Right. He, he was not in the same vein, but um, and obviously a different club, different expectations. But I, I, I love playing with Moany though, Shaq, wasn't he? He was Moany. We used yeah. to call him Dot Cotton. Did you fight with him as well, did you, Don? <laughs> no, Dan, we used to call him Dot Cotton. It was a black cloud over Lomi's head wherever he went. He was Dot Cotton, by the way, is a very famous character in an English soap opera. <laughs> honestly, very... Dan, honestly, honest, he'd come in 
and you go, I had a poncho this morning in the car. Then he'd get out and then he'd tell you the car story. Then he'd come in, beautiful weather, and he'd go, sun's too hot. It's too hot, this. I can't train in this. Next day, it's raining. It's too wet. I can't train in this. The food's rubbish. Look at the pitches. Shaq wasn't he a proper Mona. Oh, he was a Mona. Sounds like a day with Craig Burley. <laughs> He's a Mona. I, I like Lil Mio. I live around oh, the yeah. corner from Steve Lomas. I've gone oh, really yeah. well with him. And, you, and he was cheery yeah. with you. Maybe it was just yeah. Don. Yeah, I was. No, 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 he was, he was great. I, I never fought with anybody. For <laughs> <laughs> so Stevie, what is it about Anfield that the fans can will with their side to victory and more times than not an overwhelming victory like we saw today? Also, is Anfield the best home field advantage in the Premier League? Yeah, I think... But listen, it's always, it's always been like that, but I think particularly nowadays... Most players don't play in many stadiums where you're so close mm. to, the, yes. to the field. Yep. You know, when the ball goes out of play at Anfield, you're, you're just a little more than an arm's length away from the fans. Yep. And so, if you're walking into a Man United-Liverpool game or, or a European night, then it just, for the opposition, it just kind of closes in. It's like the wall's closing in on you. And then you're not sure what to do. Whereas... You stick that on top of Liverpool's back, and all of a sudden you're you're against an immovable force, aren't you? So yeah, I think definitely the the proximity of the fans to the to the team as well. St James's or Anfield? I I I, I like St James's. I mean, I, oh, I you're think, the mayor of Newcastle. Well, so you've got well, to say that. No, I, yeah. <laughs> listen, I, I I love playing at I love playing at St James's. I I think the loudest roar I've heard in a football stadium was at St James's Park. That being said though, I've, I've said this throughout my career to this day, my favourite away ground has always been Anfield. It, it really is a fantastic place to play football. I, 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 the thing for me is, the fans are there for the game. They're not that worried about just shouting abuse at you, which happens at most places you go. Um, In the world. Yeah, yes. Um, the, fans, the, fans are there, the fans are there for the game and, and they make noise, they're loud, they cheer their team on, but they're there for the game and, and, and you feel it, you really, really do. Uh, Don? Yeah, I think it's Anfield, Dan. I, I think, you know, what you can't buy when you go into a, into a ground like Anfield or Old Trafford or Goodison, the, the, the old grounds that have got the history. And so better than James's? Well, yeah, I think so, because I think you can, you know, I'm a Newcastle fan, but I, I think when you when you look back at what Liverpool have done over the decades and they can call on, you know, whether it's beating Dortmund 4-3 or what they've done against Barcelona and what they've done in the 70s and the 80s, the, the boot room and everything still, you know, even though the, the bowels of the stadium's a little bit different, it feels like, I think, for an opposition player, that Anfield's exactly the same as it's been for 40 years and they can draw on that atmosphere where, as Stevie said, you know, what, I mean, listen, who beats who beats Barca 4-0? Who beats them at Anfield 4-0 when they had all the greats playing for them? And who who, who, who can do what Liverpool do over a 40-50 year period where you can call in any decade that Liverpool have done what they've done to teams? And listen, Newcastle Newcastle's rewriting their history, but you can't buy what Liverpool have got at Anfield. Which team has the highest probability to make a comeback this week? Club Bruges, 2-0 down against Benfica. Spurs 1-0 down against Milan, PSG 1-0 down against Bayern, or Chelsea 1-0 down against Dortmund. Spurs. Spurs, top of the power rankings? No. Of this power rankings. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs. Spurs against a, a 
Milan, didn't, didn't Milan lose on the weekend? Yes. Yeah. Spurs against Milan, I, yeah. I think. And so Spurs top. Spurs top. Yep. Second. Um, I can't remember who the rest are. Chelsea, PSG, Bruges. Um, Bruges at the bottom, isn't it? Bruges at the bottom. Yeah. Aye. Uh, and then Paris. Yeah, PS, PSG. Chelsea second. Chelsea second? Right, I don't fancy Chelsea at all. Oh. I go PSG. I yes. go PSG, then Chelsea. Yeah. Stevie? Spurs at the top I'll for go, you. I'll go Spurs. Well, they got beat the weekend, then, so guaranteed they won there. Well, no, they lost against Wolves. They lost against whoever it was in the FA Cup. Yeah, so, so that's two in the most, most teams going into a big game like this, playing so poorly, normally you would be worried, but not with Spurs, because they win these types. Of, this is the game they win. Really? Aye. Mm. Now, over the weekend, uh, Shaka chose who is it? Nadem, Ali, and Frank, and Frank to go to Carnival. Yeah. Uh, he said that he didn't want me or you to go yeah. because we would cause problems. Probably right. So that leads to this question. If you only had to choose between Dan and Stevie, who are you taking to Carnival Shack? <laughs> <laughs> totally so enthralled. <laughs> well, I think we'd be lovely company, I know, wouldn't yeah. we? I don't know what the problem is. Yes. I'll go with Dan. Wow. Go with Dan. Whoa. Probably for the best. That's a blow. Yes. Yes, yeah. Stevie would show up with Haggis collar. <laughs> I'll have to explain to people why Stevie's wearing a dog collar. <laughs> Are you saying that cramp your style? Is that what you're saying? Get <laughs> the dog collar at Carnival. Yeah. What about Don at Carnival? He wouldn't even make it. He'd sell his nah. plane ticket, wouldn't he? Nah, I think, no, I think Don would be good at Carnival. That'd be amazing. I'd get lost. So. I'd be amazing. You'd lose but me. I, I think he'd walk on with, with his laptop. <laughs> Question for Stevie. In 2019, you gave Liverpool a one in a million chance to beat Barcelona. What are the odds for Liverpool to beat Real Madrid? Four. Well, they're using half, they're, they're using half their a, one in a million. A half in a million. A half in a million, so yes. one in two million. Correct. Correct. One in two million. Yeah. Okay. Well, because the reason it was one in a million is because Liverpool were at Anfield. Right. And the reason of half that is because it's away from home. Right. Knowledge. It's always easier to do it at home than it is away. There we go. Beautiful. There you go. Knowledge. What's your famous quote? One million in a hundred million. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one million people out of a hundred million don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You win. You win. So a million people. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that is it. Good luck. Anyone wants a laptop? Oh dear. Don's yeah. on it on Twitter, Instagram. No, I'm coming to the light. Hold on. Hold on. Have, you got to plug the, good. have you got to plug the, the laptop yeah. into the light or the light into that's the laptop? Oh, that's the most expensive light, light plugger into our... Yeah, but it uh, Shaka, guess what Shaka. it does? It plays chess. Oh. I can play chess on it. Is it playing Chelsea well, Monopoly? <laughs> no, okay. How's your level? Do I'm not bringing Don to Carnival? I know. Don, Don, isn't there a little bit of thought that has to go into chess? Oh, man, I love chess. No, I like a game of chess. I'm, I'm, if, if, if Mario was playing, uh, what was it, Monopoly? Monopoly. Yes. And he was a secret Monopoly player. I'm a secret chess player. Oh, wow. I didn't know how to play chess at what's all. Your, what's your level, Don? What's your number? Oh, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Uh, but you, go, you get assigned a number, don't you? The more you go on. I'd love oh, to know how to play chess. Oh. I've no idea. <laughs> a lot of cheating been going on in chess recently, Stevie. A lot yes, I've been reading that. Yeah, I, know. I know. Is there like a Duolingo for chess? How do you cheat at chess? Well, Stephen, it's a very interesting thing that we're not allowed to talk about because it's a family show. <laughs> That's it. ESPN FC is back tomorrow. <laughs>
<laughs> you wouldn't be able to guess the uh, ESPN FC is back tomorrow to reflect on the Champions League action, of course, in particular Chelsea against Dortmund. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.